As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek advice of your therapist or qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health disorder. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. The host, guests, and podcast network are not responsible for any actions or decisions you make based on the information provided. Now, let's dive right in. But first, this episode is sponsored by Green Chef. This year, satisfy your hunger and feel great with every bite. Green Chef delivers real, wholesome food that also supports a healthy lifestyle. Get 60% off Green Chef plus 20% off your next two months with code 60TCE at greenchef.com slash 60TCE. Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me today is a woman who needs no introduction if you are a fan of MTV's The Challenge. She's a fierce competitor, two-time champion, and one of the most iconic figures in the history of the show. It's Cara Maria. Cara Maria first graced our scene on The Challenge Fresh Me Too and quickly became a fan favorite with her tenacity, resilience, and unique style. Her victories in Battle of the Bloodlines and Vendettas are still talked about in some of the most thrilling wins of the challenge history. But Cara Maria is more than just a reality TV star. She's a fitness enthusiast, a horse lover, an advocate for mental health, and she's also been really open about her own experiences and interests in the world of kink, making her the perfect guest for today's topic. And in today's episode, we're going to be exploring Exploring the world of kinks and fetishes, breaking down misconceptions, and shedding light on the importance of consent, communication, and understanding in these often misunderstood areas of human sexuality. Car Maria will share her insights, experiences, and how her journey in the public eye has intersected with all of these topics. So, without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Car Maria and dive into this fascinating episode. Welcome to the show, Car Maria. Hello. Sarah. Long time no uh, so see. I know. It's been too long. And the last time we saw each other, we we had like seconds to chit chat. And yeah. so when I was thinking about the theme for this next episode and what guests I wanted to have on, who I wanted to talk to, your name was the very first one on the list. And I'll tell you why. You know, since the day that I met you, one of the things that I have loved most about you is I've always felt like you are somebody who is unapologetically and fearlessly yourself. And, you know, I, I, in that first house we met on, uh, what was it? Fresh meat. Fresh meat. Yeah. Yes. Fresh meat too. You were there. And I remember a lot of other cast castmates being like, what's the deal with like the, the, you know, kind of goth, like punk looking girl. Is this all an act? Is this just like That's you. I, you, I, you, I were the go- you were the one that like I remember I because I didn't know fully like on Fresh Me Too when I showed up who everybody was per se but I remember you know it's your first impression so my first impression of you Sarah before I got to know how goofy you were on the inside was like oh my god I thought you were the prettiest you had the coolest style I was like I fucking love her she's so cool she's got like a full sleeve tattoo and dark black eyeliner black hair <laughs> I thought you were oh, so cool, and then, and then it's like counselor Sarah. Hi, everybody. Yep. Like, it just doesn't. It didn't match the outside, which was hilarious because I feel like that's me too, honestly. A hundred percent. You know, I, I feel like you're somebody who has. There's so many facets to you. You know, you're not just like what you see on the outside. You're like a mental health enthusiast, a horse girl, you know, just like a caring, loving, kind person. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to unpack in today's episode, talking about some misconceptions. And I think you're somebody who, who, like me, has kind of dealt with a lot of those. So what are some of the, I don't know, stereotypes or misconceptions that you think people have had about you? I mean, I think when people first meet me, they probably think I'm what I put myself out to be, which, I mean, if you're into astrology, I've got the Scorpio, um, what is it? I'm a Taurus with a Scorpio rising. So it's like Mm -hmm. the Scorpio is like what people see of you. The Taurus is who you are. And then you've got your, you know, your moon, like I'm a cancer for emotions. So that's helpful. But I think it's almost like, I think you would relate to this too. It's the artistic side of us, which is what we put on on the outside. It's how we like to dress. It's what we're into. It's, um, I honestly almost put this up also as a, you know, kind of stay away. This is almost like my wall, my protection. This is my armor. And then who I am on the inside really is honestly like a mush. 
and I get my feelings hurt easily. Like I'm very sensitive. So it's almost like the way that I dress and the way that I put off, if you were just to see me on the street and you didn't know me from the challenge or you didn't know who I was like, Oh, okay. She's probably like, you know, super like badass, like keep away from me kind of chick. And it's like, (laughs) that's what I'm putting out there because when I let you in, like I'm loyal forever. And it takes a lot to come in because when I'm hurt, I get really hurt and I never forget. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to like the 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 person that we present ourselves as and the person that we really are, you know, and I think you're somebody who as I've watched you throughout the years on TV and in real life, it feels like you have been a little more open about some of those like kind of more of your private life, I guess I will say, you know, being in a relationship with somebody who is also in the public eye, what is that like? And you guys have kind of like an alternative relationship in a way as well. So tell me a little bit about the relationship you're in, your partner, and yeah, what you guys are like as a couple. Well, whoever's listening, if they don't know me, um, I'm dating Polly Calafuri, who is on the bed in front of me, shirtless, stretching sexily. He's so hot. Um, he was on for you know people just tuning in who don't know. He was on uh, Big Brother, X on the Beach. He was on the Challenge. His brother Cody Calafuri was on um, Big Brother and won. And they're they are wildly different. So Cody is like the good boy, the good brother. You know what I mean? Like the the golden one. And then it's funny because he's like dark hair. Um, and then there's Polly, the the blonde one who is just like the total, the, the bad, bad, baddie, bad, bad. And that's who I'm attracted to. Cause I actually met Cody first <laughs> and I didn't even think twice. And Cody's a beautiful, like strikingly beautiful human. And I didn't even think twice, but as soon as I met Polly, it was like this intense animal magnetism, which was, mm. uh, looking back on it, probably a little cringy from the outsiders looking in. Cause I could look back and be like, ah, oh, car, dial it back. But I was just so wildly attracted to him and nothing has changed in six years that we've been together. It's even more on another level. You guys um, really seem to have a very healthy relationship and one that I imagine there's a lot of communication and a lot of trust in. There has to be. I mean, Polly just recently came out as, um, but well, to the, to the public as bisexual, mm-hmm. um, which is a bigger deal for, I think, men, I think, you know, with the way things are like every woman's making out with women. I mean, when I grew up with girls gone wild, I didn't think twice about right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, I think for a guy, especially a guy who's, uh, very, uh, prides himself on like his girl masculinity, mm-hmm. uh, his, uh, dry, competitive drive, you know, and, you know, soccer captain, wrestling captain. And then for him to come out as by, um, I think it's a really, uh, big thing. And I've always known this about him. I think we've both, when we met, um, both very like sexually fluid, very mm-hmm. like open with each other into what we're into and stuff like that. But it definitely, you know, it it takes a lot to end up to where we are and we're both stubborn as shit. And that is why, like when we made it over everything, we made it over from the very beginning, when you're still trying to figure somebody out and figure yourself out at the same time to where we are now. Um, it's just like a whole nother level of trust on love, on sensuality, on, I just want to say this right here. Like when I dated other people, I was always Mm -hmm. looking for, I guess one foot out, always looking for a way out. I think Mm I, um, was very dominant in the bedroom with any man that I was with very, very dominant. And I think to the extent that I wanted someone that I could be submissive to, cause I know we're going to talk about mm-hmm. a little S and M stuff. Um, sure are. always extremely dominant. Um, until I met Polly <laughs> and he is the only man that I've ever been with that, uh, he is the man. Do you know what I mean? I could, I could never yeah. be occasionally he'll give me, here's your timer. You know what I mean? Like, and he'll let me, he'll let me you try to switch to up the roles. Okay. <laughs> he'll let okay. me try. But you know, the time goes off and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> and I know it's on. So, um, Polly is the only person that I've ever been with that I, I don't look, all of my needs are met. My needs are met on, on like every level on the way that he talks to me, the way that he makes me feel loved, which is in a, in a really important part of the type of um, experimenting or, or sex that we like to have or how we are with each other. Trust is imperative. It's, it's, um, being at a 10 in your relationship. It's in that moment, like agreeing a hundred percent 
um, and just being fully confident in yourself and the person so that so you're glad with. you said that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just for like, you know, there's so, I know we're going to go into like the layers of things. There's like, you know, the, the wine mom that might want to try a little 50 shades of gray, like, Oh, I got a little yep, spank yep. and you know what I mean? And that's perfectly fine and cool. But then when you're looking into a more deeper level of exploring fetishes and kinks and S and M, like you, the most important thing in the entire world, I have to tell everybody is you have to be confident and secure with yourself. First and foremost, first and foremost, because otherwise you're just walking down a road of trouble. Yeah. You have to be able to really set those boundaries, communicate that your needs, where the mm-hmm. line is for you. Everything needs to be negotiated. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things I love about the world of kink and that community is that there are a lot of misconceptions about, uh, you know, the kinds of people who are in that community, how, you know, I, I like what you said of like, I was somebody who's like so dominating. There's this idea that maybe, uh, the type of person that we are in the bedroom or the kind of kink that we enjoy is the personality or the, the, I don't know, uh, uh, persona we are 24 hours a day. And that's not always the case. You know, we can put on different, most often not the case. We put Uh, on different hats. Yep. And we get a chance to kind of explore a different side of ourselves. And in order to do that and really feel comfortable doing that, we have to know who we are. And we also have to be in a, a comfortable relationship where there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of commitment and, and the ability to really be vulnerable. Well, before we dive into that, let's take a quick second to talk about one of my favorite sponsors. I've been hearing so many good reviews about this product. I'm talking about Nutrafol, of course, the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Uh, I know I've heard so many personal testimonies of this and I have seen the before and after pictures that you guys have. I mean, You know, everyone's root causes of hair thinning is so different. So a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. And Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, such as postpartum, menopause, as well as different lifestyles, uh, such as plant-based diets. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. And for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo changes. Find out why over 45,000 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, that's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code changes. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code changes. Okay. I mean, I'll tell you just right there that for the majority, I mean, I've, uh, was exploring a lot about, uh, I was actually thinking about going into being a dominatrix, like actually doing that when I moved out to California. I could definitely see um, this as a job for you. I would hire you. <laughs> you yes. Sold. <laughs> and, um, this was, and just like I am dominant with any woman that I'm with, um, any man I've ever been with, you know, and Polly's the only one that I'm submissive to. Um, it's the same respect where, as I had talked to other dominatrix, I've read a lot, and the 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 most common uh client to uh dominatrix situation is someone who has so much power in the real world that they just want somebody else to take the reins for a minute. So it's like the high powered lawyers, the doctors, the CEOs, like the people in the most power that run shit twenty four seven. It's like those are the people that are coming to the dominatrixes and stuff like that. So I guess that's how I'm like and Polly. <laughs> do what you will. Yes, sir. You know? So would you say that you guys are a couple that is, would you call yourself like a member of the kink community and, and somebody who has interest in that? We definitely are. See, I knew I was right to pick you for this show. I was like, that's my girl. She's going to have so much to say on this. I didn't even know she wanted to be a dominatrix. I did. Like I was going through that as, uh, Like, right before I ended up doing the challenge, I remember exploring, like, are there schools? Are there people that you, um, you learn, you train under? And I have learned, like, there are, like, professional, uh, doms, male and female, that you can pay to just train under that teach you all, you know, the safety precautions. Like, there's so much, so much that you need to know in order to do it, um, where safety is a huge, a huge thing as well. So, there's actually, like, different things that I looked into. Um, I had... I explored with, um, I had a a sub who was into 
he wanted to be degraded while he dressed like a woman. So mm-hmm. I, you know, and everybody's got their own fetishes. And for me, I actually found that really harmless. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, so he likes to dress up like a girl and I make him like do shit for me, like fun, you know, and we both get what we want out of it. So, um, yeah, that was definitely something I explored before I went into. And now that me and Polly are in Florida, um, there's like, I mean, he was involved in the whole kink scene when he lived in New York, like he lived in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. He worked out in New York. He did like a ton of stuff in New York. Um, and he was constantly like, he was in the scene of like the people at like, I guess, do you know, the box, New York city where they, he took me there. They did some wild kink shows. They still do that. I always wanted to go to like a kink club or something like that. You know, what do you think it was that drew you to the kink community and get like make you, I mean, obviously we all have like a little bit of an interest in sexuality, but what do you think it is about the kink community that really drew you in? Uh, Catholic school. Oh. <laughs> um, isn't that the story for everybody? Um, I think a, a lot of it was just having to be the, the good, being a good girl for like, mm. everything was like, be a good girl. Don't do this. Don't do that. Get good grades. And it was like, so then it was always curious about the dark side of things. You know, I never had an interest in drugs, um, ever, I never experimented with anything other than, um, mushrooms in Amsterdam and, uh, <laughs> like edible weed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so that was never what I was interested, but like, for some reason, like the, the world of, of bondage, the S and M stuff. I don't know. I really can't pinpoint how I was drawn to it. Um, I think a lot of it was the repression, like the Catholic school situation and kind of a rebellion from that, which a lot of, a lot of people can relate to that. And then pushing um, back on expectations that people may have of you or like who you're supposed to be. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman, Batman Returns. I think that was a, hey. an eye-opening thing for. I think that was a lot of people's like, oh, moment. You know, it was the latex, so, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> like right? I will, re- I will still say that is the best. I will rewatch that Batman and recite every single line in it, like time and time again. That's my favorite Christmas movie. It's uh, Batman yeah, Returns. I love it. Michelle Pfeiffer. So what we, are do you are you comfortable in maybe talking about some of the kinks or fetishes things like that that you're interested in or that you uh, uh, kind of like dabble uh, in? Um, well, I as you're do... thinking about that, I will let I will also let people know because I know this is a question people always have of like what's the difference between kinks and fetishes, and yes. so to kind of like uh, define that for you. See, I know there's a couple different definitions. I've heard kinks are more like stuff that can aid to your sex. You know what I mean? Yes. That can aid to you getting off. Like, oh, I'm going to wear a little schoolgirl outfit or, or uh, oh, I like little handcuffs. A fetish is almost something that you need to have in order for your sexual arousal. Like Absolutely. whether you're thinking it or it's in your head or you're acting it out, you need that in order to get off. A kink is just something that, adds to it and makes it fun, but you don't need you hit the, it. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Kink is really just a sexual preference or behavior that's just a little outside of the social norm. It's like anything from bondage to role-playing and they're just some different ways that people really express their sexuality versus a fetish, like you said, which is like a specific, maybe, I don't know, act or object or body part or whatever that is necessary for that sexual satisfaction. So mm-hmm. that's like your foot fetishes. People are like, ooh, I just really need that to to get there. Whereas like I don't necessarily need rope play, but I love it. That's like a kink that I like to explore. So yes. just for our listeners that we kind of gave you a little, little definition of the difference between those two. So what would you say are the kinks or fetishes that, that you like to play around with or explore with? So for me personally, um, <clears throat> my kind of – and this is, like I said, I'm more of like a kink person. I don't have any fetishes. Mm-hmm. I like, I have like fun kinks that I like to add in because me and Polly can have, you know, whatever we got to do to get off to carry on our day and I'm thrilled and I'm satisfied and I'm good. So, but if I want to get kinky, um, I always love dirty talk. That is something we have had many listeners 
write in or call in and say it's something that they've wanted to start doing, but they don't know how to ask for it or they don't know where to start. Do you have any tips on how to incorporate dirty talk into or even ask for dirty talk in your relationship if that's something you're you're new to? I think if you're interested in dirty talk and you don't know if your partner is, I think you just kind of start. So as you're in the bedroom, as you're doing whatever it is, I think it would just be like how you're feeling. Listen to how you're feeling. Listen to what turns you on. And if you can just kind of let that come out as you're doing it, what you're enjoying, what you love about your partner, like there's nothing better than getting your ego stroked while you're getting stroked, right? So- Oh, I like that. Oh, let's quote that. That was great. Like, I think confidence is so wildly important. And I think if you're able to make your partner feel sexy and confident while you're doing your thing and make it a little dirty and kinky, I know I'm being very vague, but I think it really comes down to making your partner feel good while you Mm. talk dirty. Even if they like the, oh, my little slut, you know what I mean? But it's like, (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, I am. Oh, okay. But it's because they already feel confident and sexy. So you just have to make them feel good and then throw in like the dirty things and ex- experiment and play and see what, re- see what really turns them on. Like, um, I don't know if this is a kink, but you know, I've, I love, I love going down on, on my boyfriend. I absolutely love it. It turns me on while I'm doing it. Like I even trained him to, to start loving skincare by when he, we have the mask right next to the bed, the, the, the light mask, you know, when you put that on the red light therapy mask, Paulie wouldn't even let me touch his face with lotion. He'd be like, like he just hate guys hate that shit. Right. And so I laugh because I've trained him to lay down, not look at it. He doesn't do anything because this mask doesn't let you see out of it. You just put on, it looks like a welder's mask and it's timed for like 15, 20 minutes. And I have him do the red light therapy. And now every time he gets out of the shower, he runs right to the bed, puts on the mask, lays there like he's all excited because he knows for the full 15 minutes, I'm going down on him <laughs> like while we're doing it. And now it's like Pavlog's dog. You know what I mean? So his skin's getting better while I'm going down on him. As soon as the, the light ticks off on the mask, he takes it off. We have our nooner and we carry on with our day. Well, let's take a quick time out to talk about a way to help you save money, right? You guys know this. My favorite thing to do is save money. And Rocket Money is here to help you do that. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I have used them to negotiate on my behalf for so many of my different bills. They help me lower my auto bill. They help me lower my phone bill. And I am not alone. The average customer saves over $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Rocket Money has over 5 million users, and it's helped them save so much. So stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That's rocketmoney.com slash TCE, rocketmoney.com slash TCE. And you know what I hear in that is still a little bit of that power kind of like play in there where you're getting excited about, you know, and that there's so much of that involved in kink and like uh, uh, taking power or relinquishing power. And that's Mm -hmm. such a fun thing to play around with when you're in a healthy and comfortable relationship. I think... It's almost in a way, aside encouraging good behavior on his part, um, it's almost like a blindfold, what the mask could be, like in terms of if people are experimenting with blindfolds. um, Sensory deprivation is another type of, uh, I don't know if kink or fetish, I know the lines are blurred there, but um, sensory deprivation is another really cool way to explore sex in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's almost like with his... With, with that red light therapy over his face, with the mask on, the only thing he can focus on, now what's heightened is his feel, like his sensation, mm-hmm. and his hearing. So he can hear me, and I, I'm very, I'm kind of vocal when I'm going down on him, how much I love it. Um, so he hears that, and he hears, you know, and then he feels it more, because he has to focus, he has to concentrate. And it also makes him, in a way, not so aware of, himself. Whereas, you know, if you were to blindfold your partner or if you're blindfolded, 
it almost takes away, not like he has any insecurities, but it can actually almost take away an insecurity. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I think blindfold. You're like as long not as you aware that, of somebody looking at you or watching yes. you. It like or what frees, you look like or yes. what you're doing. It's just almost like when you're blindfolded, you're letting somebody else kind of guide you and take control of you, which just mm-hmm. takes away any insecurities that you might feel. And then also lets you really feel the other sensations. Yeah. You know, the, the word that's coming up is like surrender in a way. You're like surrendering yeah. to the experience. And, you know, I, I think for people who like to maybe control a lot of things yes. or, uh, there, it, there's a lot of freedom and and like release that comes with being able to just like relinquish control and relax. Yeah, I've yeah. done um, like other type of sensory play, which I'm I'm interested in because it's almost like it, I mean, there's of course you can go do your quickie, your quickie little sex sessions and stuff like that. But if you're in the mood to really play and, and explore with your partner especially in these different ways, I think it shows the person that you, that you really care about them. It's like, you're taking the time to pay full attention to your partner and their needs and to bring them to the point of, of, of orgasm and then pull it back. And you're really taking your time with them in a world where we're so locked into our phones. We're, you know, we're eating dinner. We're looking at our phones or, you know what I mean? We're going to bed. We're looking, you know, we're scrolling, um, to take the time in a, in a sexual setting to really pay full attention to your partner and, and try these different things and see what they like and play with their body. It's just showing another level of care, uh, which is just an, an incredible feeling no matter what you're doing. And I think that the sensory play can be uh, a more gentle way to ease into uh, like more S and M type stuff. And you can go light and you can go hard. And I've yeah. done I've been wrapped in saran wrap and had somebody play with temperature on my body while I was blind. You know what I mean? So it's just focus on, um, heat and cold and, but also like how much more heightened you feel within that oddly weird when you're in saran wrap, like how that feels. Um, I've had, I, I do have an electro sex kit. Um, I remember hearing about this. (laughs) So there's that. Yes. Um, tell, tell us more about that. You know, that's what I wanted to ask you. Like what, what is, you know, for, for people who are maybe listening and not as familiar with the kink scene, like what would you say falls into, you know, like sensory play? You know, you talked about like hot and cold and being blindfolded. Um, well, I do have, it's really cool. Cause if you're doing it at the dark, there is this electro sex kit, which I have this big wand, right? And it attaches different glass attachments to it. And with that, you can turn up the level of intensity. When it touches you, it, it just like, it sparks. I would, I have it in my closet, um, <laughs> plug it in. And so there's multiple, there's multiple different types of things. So I have the one that's like my violent wand, where if you're trying to do like an experimental thing, it's like, um, you can also like attach it to you and then your, your mouth becomes electrified your hands become electrified so it's almost like when you're touching them you're adding like almost almost you know that static like crickling yes you can almost do that through your body because we are electrical currents so if you have it touching you there it's it's an attachment in a way that you can also electrically spark your partner which is really fun sort of play um you know and you know, as a therapist, what I'm hearing in this too is a lot of tools that get you out of your head and into yes. your body. And that yeah. I think is what the world of kink gives as a gift, like that freedom of getting out of your mind a little bit. You know, you're in your head, maybe in the planning portion of it. And as you're like discussing all of these things and going over like the scene and consent, and we're going to talk more about that, yeah. which can be so sexy and so fun in and of itself. But then in that moment, you know, I work with so many clients who struggle with anxiety and, you know, like just a lot of living in their head and, and mm-hmm. worry and fears and thoughts and just like they need some doing to too much off. upstairs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Turn and it so off. I, I, I really try to work with clients of getting out of their head and into their body, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if you are somebody who has experienced any kind of, um, 
trauma that has led to disassociating. Like I know for me as somebody who has uh, survived sexual abuse that I spent a lot of time disassociating and getting out of my body. So I used kink and, and especially like rope play is something that I'm really into and I really love and have uh, learned a lot about with my current partner. And that helps me to stay really present and be more connected to my body, which then makes me more actively participating and, and present in the moment, which increases my connection with my partner. It makes me experience the, the, all the physical stuff in a more intense and, and more, I don't know, fulfilling way. And yeah, really works for that. So it sounds like that is what a lot of that sensory stuff does is it really helps you connect with your body that so many of us are so used to being disconnected from. And it could feel yeah. um, maybe a little bit intimidating and scary, but once you kind of get to that place of like, wow, this is, I surrender. Can really like, yep. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, you're right. I, that's yeah. funny you mentioned the rope play too, because Polly's like incredible with uh, rope tying and stuff like that. And it's almost like, the like if I hate being restrained, like I'll panic. I, I usually like if you hold me by my arms, like I, I kind of have like this panic. I don't know why. But if he's gonna do a rope thing to me, it's almost like as long as he doesn't do it so tight that I feel my circulation, and I start panicking because I'm weird like that. It's the art and the time mm -hmm. that they take on you to do it that I think is just incredibly I think that part of it is the sexy part. Is yes, like watching like him bring teeth. out the rope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you feel as I'll, you know, I'll say again and again, I think when it comes to, to when you're ready for playtime in that way, it's almost just feeling like, you know, it's, it's all the attentions it's on you. Yep. You know, that it, they're you really focusing on you. For. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I, I was, I was looking into uh, kind of looking at some studies. There is a little bit of information out there of the personality types that are or personality traits that people have uh, who are more inclined to be members of the kink community, and the three that were came up most frequently were openness to experience, got to be open to experiencing new things, uh, extroversion, and a little bit of narcissism, thinking that you're like you know important and need to be cared for. And you know what else? Those three traits also uh, appear frequently in. People who are on reality television. So you I don't thought that was a, say. I thought, you know, I thought that was a very funny connection that I saw. I was like, huh, the top three personality traits of reality stars and people uh, into kink are the same. I don't know if that's a coincidence or, you know. Yeah. Here we are talking about exactly that. Yeah, you got to be open to new experiences. Okay, well, before we dive into our next topic, let's talk about something. It's kind of funny, the name of this this uh, sponsor, because I feel like it is very appropriate for what we're talking about. We're talking about Naked Wines. I love it. So have you ever walked into a store, at, like a wine store, and had no idea what to get? Yeah, me too. And that's why I love Naked Wines. You know, Every get-together is always better with a glass of wine, if you ask me. And Naked Wine cuts out the middleman, so you're getting amazing wine, like, straight from the winemakers themselves. They've cut out all the middlemen, so you get all that amazing wine at a fraction of the cost. We're talking up to 60% off what you would usually pay for in stores. I love it. So head to nakedwines.com slash TCE and click enter voucher at the top right when you get to the website. Uh, you can put in TCE for both the code and the password and you'll get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 a bottle. That's nakedwines.com slash TCE and use the code and password TCE to grab those six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash TCE, code and password TCE for $100 off your first six bottles. Enjoy. There's so many wild, and we were talking about like fetishes. I mean, I can, you know, I have whatever with all, with all my, my life and my situation, but, um, I know of just so many different fetishes, um, that have been brought to me throughout the years. There's like, I know somebody who's into like a, a giant fetish. So, and that was something I hadn't heard of until I heard of it through this person. And 
he absolutely loves um, the idea of like feeling like the tiniest little ant sprinkle and being towered over by like a ginormous giant, I forget what the giant fetish is called. Um, there's actually, there's like a name for it, but that you look up like giantess porno and stuff. And it's about this, you know, the giant woman, you'll even see it sometime when you're on, when you're, I don't know if you'll see it. When I scroll through Instagram sometimes and they, and they don't do those video game things. And it's some little dude going through and then like a giant woman and like just eats them. Mm -hmm. And he loves the part about like, he wants to know, like, like describe to me what it's like to, you know, when, when, when you pick me up and tell me how little I am and then you put me in your mouth and tell me that you're going to swallow me and then what it's like to be in your stomach. And it's just like such an interesting, I wonder, so that's, that's, you know, one person I know. And and I wonder like where that stems from. There was, there's another person that's just into that. I dissected a little bit and and it would always be interested in like wedgies, like tell me wedgie stories, give yourself a wedgie. Like I want to know about like the craziest wedgie you've ever given someone and stuff like that. And I'm like, where does this come from? And that came from, I guess, when he was little or he used to watch like the Fairly Odd Parents or something. And then I, I don't know why the the humiliation almost like, oh, the wet willy, the the pantsing, yeah. the, the wedgies. And for some reason, that's like his, that's all he want, thinks about. Like that is his turn on. Um, there's like an, uh, obviously the foot fetish, which I, I love, mm-hmm. like, you know, give me foot fetish people all day because you know, I get been made fun of my feet my whole life. And when I know that there's people out there that appreciate it, I love it. Um, and what other wild, I mean, I know the furry thing. Have you, you know, the whole furry thing has been huge lately. That's interesting. Like there's just so, what I'm really interested is like the psychology behind, behind what it is that turns Mm -hmm. them on. I think Polly. I guess it would be of a kink because he doesn't need it, but like he's got a real like vampire kink, okay, which he told yes. me about when we first met. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'll get that to you. Um, but I love exploring like the psychology of you know the fetishes and the kinks and stuff, yeah. and why why different people are drawn to different things, or what happened, what when was that point where they found they were really into that, you know? Yeah, and you know sometimes like that time when we're kind of discovering our sexuality and whatever we were exploring there or uh, into or watching on TV, you know, those kind of help lay the foundation for maybe our yeah. preferences and things like that. I actually pull, pulled up this little, just in case you're curious. Oh, yeah, always. I have a list of like 28 sex fetishes. You don't have to go in all of them, but if you, I mean, we've already discussed, uh, we've got impact play where we've, you know, that's spanking. You can go different levels of that. The role playing, mm-hmm. which I do love the role playing because I think this is another way that people can take themselves out of who they are because you spend your yes. whole life having to, to be you. And when you're in the bedroom, sometimes people can be, are insecure in the bedroom and if they can put on an outfit of like oh now I'm a stewardess or now I'm a now I'm a teacher like it's almost like they they can they can embody that character and be something else which helps them be more confident in the bedroom and adds a little bit of something different um what were some of the really interesting ones sensation play we talked about orgasm control we haven't talked oh, about oh I love this um, one yeah yep. me too my boyfriend me calls me the edge lord. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> because we 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 learned what that word was. I'm like, oh okay, this is oh a thing. Now I'm going. So god. for those listening, we're like, what are you talking about? Edge play is when you get someone right to the edge, right before they're going to reach orgasm, and, and you then... pull it back. And it really like elongates that whole process and you know he he and, returns the favor and man is that fun and he he said uh uh edge lord I, I felt like the best compliment i've ever received where he said you know what's the best about what you do is you know how to take your foot off the gas or put your foot on the gas and when to yes. do that and it, it it's through really like listening to my partner and and being present in the moment and aware and like taking care of them. Kind of like you said, like I'm, I've got you, I'm going to take care of you and you don't have to worry. And 
I'm in charge kind of thing. Yeah, so and then when you finally do get to orgasm, it's like a, a bomb went off because it's so much more insane than if you just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming every mm-hmm. time. You know what I mean? It's like, no, we're dialing back. We're bringing it forward. Mm-hmm. We're dialing it back. We're bringing it up. Hold on. And then it's like that that time you absolutely like go nuts, which is super, yeah. super fun. Well, um, I'm sure that when you guys first met and, you know, when you're when you're – I don't know, uh, uh, in any new relationship, these aren't the things that you like try on day one without any sort of like conversation around it. So Mm -hmm. when you are, uh, you know, going to do like a kink scene, whether it's, you know, with Polly or maybe with a guest and, and, you know, somebody you've invited in, Mm -hmm. tell me how you guys start that. How, what, what, like what happens first? I think, with me and Polly, we actually never did do a whole signing and consent thing. I think we just kept going. We just kept mm-hmm. doing it. Um, and at this point, six years in, we're, we're pretty well established with what our bounds are. Mm-hmm. Um, we, know, we know every layer of each other at this point. Um, but when it does come to guests or when it does come just to uh, kink in general, like we don't mm-hmm. just take... We don't just, you know, you hear open relationship. You're like, oh, they just, you know, somebody looks at them on the street to have sex. Like, it's so, there's so much to it. I think if anybody else is looking into just a general type of like kinky S&M, you know, bondage type thing, I think, you know, safety is the most important thing. And if you're experimenting with someone or if you want to go to a real extreme sort of place especially, um, you need to know their bounds. Like some people might be being, might be cool. Even just something as simple as somebody might be, you know, Oh, it's cool. You can call me like a bitch, but don't call me a whore. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's certain, Mm -hmm. you really just have to make sure that you know, the person that you're with, what they're comfortable with so that, you know, cause it can go from sexy and kinky to like, oh shit, I just hit a, hit a trauma that I forgot that I had. Do you know what I mean? Right. Real quick. Yeah. So you just always want to be safe. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's checklists online. Like if people are interested in, they can look up like BDSM checklists for you and a partner. It's pretty general. You can always add more in that relates more to you, what you're into or what your partner might be into. But then the other thing, aside from just all that and making sure you're covered and protected there, because, you know, you want to make sure, even if it is a wild sort of extreme sort of sex or whatever it is that you're doing, that everybody, it's what they want to be doing yes. and that they can, they do feel like they can press the button and, and get out of it if they need to. And that that's, and, and that every party is aware that they can do that. Before we get tied up in something else, let's take a second to talk about one of our sponsors, Next Evo Naturals. If you're looking for a way to reduce stress, feel less anxious, maybe you're somebody who has trouble sleeping, then CBD is a great solution. And let me tell you, not all CBD products are created equally. Next Evo has fast absorption and really gets that stuff in there and working so you feel relaxed, you feel less anxious, you can get that better sleep. So time to try CBD with Next Evo. Get more out of your CBD with Next Evo. They've got gummies. They've got extra strength daily wellness CBD products. So leave oil behind and start the year with more effective and fast-acting CBD from Next Evo Naturals. Get 25% off any order or up to 60% off as a new subscriber by using code CHANGES at nextevo.com. That's 25% off your order or up to 60% off a new subscription at nextevo.com with promo code CHANGES. A plus because you are hitting literally every oh. single one without even being like, you know, a mental health professional here. You are checking every single thing on my list of important things to talk about. You know, when you talk about consent, like the discussion of what's going to happen and what, where mm-hmm. our boundaries are, you know, consent is more than just, yes, I agree to do this right here. We want to make sure that it's informed consent. So Mm -hmm. this is what's happening. These are the consequences of what could happen. You're informed as as to what um, may come from this scene. You know, it might be Mm -hmm. that uh, if you're going to get spanked, you 
might have a bruise. Like how hard? What is the, what feels good? Where's the line? And one of the things that you mentioned as well is revocable consent, where you can at any point in time, you know, a, a, Safe words are always super important, but if it feels uncomfortable in these situations, that consent, you can say, nope, this is, this is too much. And this and is where done. I draw the line and it is done. And I think what's one of the biggest misconceptions about the kink community is that it's like people who are just like wild sex addicts who are just like doing it wherever with whoever. And BDSM is all about like uh, one person taking charge and the other. Nah, I have never, ever met. I went to a rope play course. It was a six hour like class that was I would say 70% of it was about this conversation and about practicing what consent looked like, about saying no, um, like the safety involved. And anyone who is in like really involved in the kink community understands the importance of that and almost turns that into part of the sexual experience itself. You know, when you're going to do, uh, uh, you know, anything like kinky or any kind of like kink play or fetish play, stuff like that with a partner. It's not just the act itself. The times before are are so sexy and so fun. It's and, almost and foreplay. It is. Think that was the fucking word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> it's foreplay. It is yeah. foreplay to talk about what you're going to do. And you can turn a conversation about consent into foreplay. And I fucking love that because I have not seen that anywhere as, as you know, as prominent as I do in the kink community. So it's awesome. Well, you're, you're saying the kink community and you're saying a rope class and you got to think about the people that are actually going to go do those things are probably the people that are more, you know, responsible, respectable within what they consider their art or what they respect and, and appreciate. And, and that's why they're going to learn more. And so, so there's a certain type of people that always seek knowledge and, and seek to learn and stuff like that. And that's why those are the people that you're going to see at that, at a class like that. Um, but there are obviously people that are, oh yeah, I'm kinky. I like S and M and just want to beat the shit out of someone. You know what I mean? Without, and, and so, right. Those are abusers. It is. It absolutely is. So that is abuse. And, and a lot of people hide abuse, like use yes. BDSM to yes. mask abuse. If you've seen yes. the army hammer documentary, which I highly recommend and everybody freaking should. I want to, I read, I read a lot about it. That guy is a fucking abuser. All those women were abused and that, and he mm -hmm. tried to say, oh, this is, oh, I'm just, this is like that 50 shades of gray concept. Nope. Sorry. That is not what that looks like. And consent is enthusiastic, ongoing, revocable, sober, all yes. of those things. If it not, then that's no, but then they didn't consent. If you, if you don't feel comfortable after, like th there needs to be not only just like, there needs to be some sort of aftercare as well. So I know that's, I'm so glad you mentioned this. Look at that. <laughs> You're just moving me right through my list of, of topics to talk about. Perfect um, here. Yes. Talk a little bit about that aftercare. I think aftercare is so important because it's, it's like you're, you're sharing an experience in a moment that's going to take you outside of yourself. It's either going to, you know, find your darkest places and kind of bring them up, um, in a way that like helps you kind of like battle through it. Like there's so much, there's, there's just a, a whole world of, of the kink and the S and M world. Um, but when you're done with your, your scene or your play, I do feel like aftercare is imperative. It's to let that person know you might've brought that person to it's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's on Instagram. We just equate it to like, you're, you're going over to your, your friend's house, like who's a couple and you're sitting on the couch and you're shooting the shit. So it's just a mixed bag of hanging out with, uh, your, your friendly neighborhood, uh, kinky couple. Yes. <laughs> so. I would love to hear more from you and Polly on all of these subjects. So make sure you check out their podcast and tune in next time to this changes everything.
know, you are my still sweet baby angel and I love you. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, you know, the scene is done. It's like you just did, yes. um, it's like you were just playing roles like in a film, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The scene is done and now you, it's the decompression. It's the, just even sitting there in silence, like in, in each other's arms, it's just feeling safe after you've done whatever it is that you need to do. I feel it's just super important for both parties. Well, I got to tell you, you have been the best guest. You have covered every single thing that I've wanted to talk about here and done it like a professional. So thank you so much. Uh, we do have a listener question. Uh, listeners called in on our voicemail, and it is, uh, I think, a, a fits into the subject of kink. So I thought we would give that uh, voicemail a listen and then maybe get some of your advice on what this caller should do. What do you think? Sure. You know, it's so funny. I feel like we've only just touched the tip <laughs> of everything. It's like, we tried to like cover the whole world of, of right. We can do an entire podcast just tiny. on this. We yeah. probably could just a fetish. Every podcast, we're going to tackle one of the 28. <laughs> we've got, we've got it all set, but yeah. And look, I may be hitting you back up and being like, look, I, somebody has got to come on here. Cause we got to talk about this very specific, you know, whatever it is. And you may be my person to come on here again and, and lend your expertise. Well, you guys are great. Let's take our listener question and give a little advice. Hey, Zara. I sincerely love your guys' podcast. I really love how you address a lot of things that really hit home for me. Um, I do want to talk about something, though. I've been in my relationship with my boyfriend for 10 months. Um, he would come over like three, three nights, four nights a week. We would have sex maybe two nights a week on average. I'm a very sexual person. Um, when I met him, he had anime, women, half-naked, all over his apartment. Okay, so I'm thinking he's a very sexual person, too. He has a foot fetish. He's really kind of, like, kinky. I love all that shit because that's definitely me. But as soon as we started, you know, getting ready to live together over, like, the last month, we have sex once a week, if that. And my needs aren't getting met. I try not to, like, masturbate just in case we're going to be having sex later that day. And it all just leads to disappointment. I've shared my feelings with him. He's like, you know, I'm just not a very sexually active person. I never really have been. Told him how I felt about all that anime on his walls. It just it never made sense. I'm like, is it because you've watched porn and you look at these women and it's not a realistic thing? Like, it's... You normalized, like, nudity. Like, I'm trying to get all psychological with his ass. He's 35. I'm 32. I just don't know what to do. I keep talking to him like, hey, I really need more. We agreed to, like, twice a week. But yet still, it doesn't happen. I tried to initiate. He rejected. And, and of course, that leads to, like, am I good enough? Am I, like, is it something about me? I haven't changed any since we've met. Like. I don't know. My kids have a really good relationship with him. We're planning on moving in together, like officially living together. I just, I don't know what else to do. I'm thinking about telling him like, hey, there's studies that show men need to ejaculate. It's good for your prostate. It helps prevent prostate cancer. I just don't know what else to do. Is the solution that I masturbate whenever I feel like I'm horny and just not press this because we have a beautiful, loving relationship. I've never been in a relationship where I have to be like, I need more sex. I can also tell that he's kind of like inexperienced. He didn't have sex until he was like 22. I've been having sex since I was like 14. So there's a lot going on here, but I don't know. I'm very upset. We don't have enough sex. I take it personal. He says it's not me. I don't know what else to do. Any advice? Thanks, guys. Can't wait to hear. Okay, so we got a listener who thinks like she's really taken on a lot of the responsibility for the way that they're, uh, I don't know, maybe like the, the challenges that they're having in their sex life right now. It sounds like what she has is a loving, sweet, good roommate. But and and that's perfectly fine if you're good if you're in if you're in a relationship and just sex isn't really your thing but you're mm -hmm. absolutely in love with the person you're with that's perfectly fine but it's but she can't ignore her own needs the rest of the relationship she's describing as like healthy and loving but I feel like sex is such an important part of 
the human connection and intimacy. And it's a need that she is saying that she has not just, she could take care of herself. Yeah. It's not just about that. It's about another level of connection she wants with the person that she loves. I am really curious to see what you think on that. I would second those thoughts. I think that the, the number one is stop personalizing it. Somebody else's fears or lack of desire has a lot more to do with them than mm -hmm. it ha usually has to do with us. There could be maybe a feeling that he has, he might be a little bit intimidated when I hear somebody who maybe mm. had, didn't have sex until they were 22 and then somebody else who's very sexually uh, open and describes herself as being a very sexual person. So he might think he can't please her. Exactly. Maybe it's a little bit of like, I don't know how to please her. She's more experienced than I am. So is there a way that you can kind of coach him or guide him or, and, and create a very, very safe space to feel comfortable to have sex? And because so much of sex is, is not just doing it, but also feeling good about doing it, you know, preparing for the moment and being in the right mental headspace, whether it's regular vanilla sex or the kinky stuff being in that right headspace and and not feeling like oh i'm gonna be doing something wrong or she's not gonna like this or she wishes it was something else so is there a pressure that maybe she's putting on him to please her and is that pressure as we know for so this is often a thing we see with men the pressure of performance is what leads to struggles with performance so if he's mm. feeling that pressure can we can free up a little bit of that? Can we can we give him a little bit of space to be comfortable and then maybe explore some of that sexuality in a way that feels good to you? You know, kind of start with other ways of being intimate. Maybe a massage, maybe a bath together or some other way where there isn't this pressure of sexual performance and you guys can have more intimate connection. And if it still feels like you aren't getting those needs met, then I'm with Cara Maria. It's very important to recognize each person's level of sexual desire and a mismatched sexual desire is often like in the top five things that couples fight about. Sex mm -hmm. is always on that list of top five things. And it's usually because of mismatched uh, levels of, of desire or needs in the bedroom. And it could, sometimes it's the man, sometimes the woman, sometimes it doesn't matter, you know, different kinds of relationships. It's not always, you know, just the stereotypical, like woman who doesn't want to have sex. Like th there are so many different level or layers to why somebody um, may not be ready or may not be in the right headspace. You know, is he on any medication? Mm -hmm. um, is he struggling with depression? Even our diet and like getting enough mm -hmm. exercise and things like that. I, I remember this is, you know, kind of aside, but I did a like 12 week body take back where I was like working out and eating healthy and stopped drinking and doing all this stuff. My orgasms had never been better. I was so, I, all I wanted uh. to do was have sex. I was like, I told the, the the trainer, I was like, I did not know that this was going to be 12-week body take back plus better orgasms. You should really put that in the brochure because I would have signed up a long time ago if I knew this was <laughs> what was going to come from it. So is it, it maybe our lifestyle and some of the things that, that he's doing are kind of contributing to that, that um, you know, lower sex drive. But, you know, like you said you got to do you and you got to like recognize that no amount of, of you forcing something is going to get him to change. And is this, like you said, a, a, just a friendship and, and a place where, where this is like, you feel good with this person. He loves you, loves your family, but is this where you're getting your sexual needs met? Maybe not. So I hope that answers your question. Thank you so much for that insight. Car Maria, you are perfect. And you just uh, touched on like every, I mean, just for us trying to analyze based on, on a quick little description, you touched on literally every, like a whole blanket of reasons why he is the way he is. And I just got to say, like, I understand how she's feeling. Like, is it me? Is it me? Because if I was with somebody and I wanted to be sexy with them and they just kept finding a reason not to, I would, I would feel that way too. But it, it is, as you said, so much more what's going on with them because otherwise he's loving he's a good man to, is, is what she's saying yeah so uh, i wish her the best of luck with that but uh yeah. hopefully this gives her another another thought process from an outside perspective that can help yes 
Yeah. Well, if any of you guys listening have questions about kink, about sexuality, about anything mental health, you can always give our voicemail a call. The number for that is 313-338-8828. We are always checking those voicemails and keep those calls coming. And thank you so much. And Car Maria, thank you for joining me on this episode of This Changes Everything. You have been a fantastic guest host, and I would love to have you back anytime. Yay. It was so so easy to chat with you, Sarah. That was really fun catching up on just sex, I guess, but you know, (laughs) anything else. (laughs) Time flies when we're having fun talking about kinky stuff. So where can people find you? And if they want to contact you or learn more about what's going on in your world, where would they go to do that? Well, my main social media is Miss Car Maria on Instagram. You can go to the link in bio for all the other links that you could possibly ask for and more. Um, so Miss Cara Maria on Instagram. And also I have just started a podcast as I guess everybody has a podcast now. Yes. I saw that. Congratulations. Um, it's called the invite only pod. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's on Instagram. So it's just a mixed bag of hanging out with, uh, your, your friendly neighborhood, uh, kinky couple. (laughs) Yes. I would love to hear more from you and Polly on all of these subjects. So make sure you check out their podcast and tune in next time to This Changes Everything. 